Most believed his real name was Michael Collison, because the most complete theory led them to the conclusion that he was the same MC who had a somewhat standout run at Cal Arts a few years back, before disappearing into oblivion. Whatever theory one preferred, this artist identified himself, or herself, as Mansoor, and he or she was the visionary of the moment, bar none. Mansoor came upon this esteemed title after a series of street art installations that debuted at random intervals up and down California. The tactful enlistment of concepts such as sports culture, the human compulsion toward chaos, man's light speed journey toward death, and the pretension of contemporary art, especially its criticism, made him a darling of the art hounds, a group of the foremost elite critics in the territory. Ridley Williams, Catherine Bouton, Mallory Cleveland and Paul Hostein had spent decades commenting on the most influential artistic contributions in the most widely circulated forums in the country, and in many cases, their word determined the profound from the pedantic. Each of the four had forged their paths individually, yet in their rises to prominence, they shared the same ambition and keen eye for the rough and undiscovered movers and shakers of the art world. Through a dedication to the field that was only possible, with the type of passion that brings one within a breath of manic obsession, Williams, Bouton, Cleveland, and Hostein lifted creators to the highest levels and banished the phonies all within the same breath. It was only natural that these elite would find each other and gather from time to time to discuss the brightest works in the scene. Soon enough, the four of them together, notebooks in hand, had become the de facto signal that the artist behind that particular opening night gallery was on their way to immortality. Like countless others, the hounds adored Mansoor, yet they never missed an opportunity to add a backhand to their glowing reviews. Hostein wrote that the last sculpture series was a scathing take on political paradox, before adding, though his skill with concrete resembles that of a journeyman who deludes himself a master. Most believe the vitriol was because they took his reclusiveness as an insult, and until he showed his face and kissed the rings, there would be no dilution of the pettiness. This is why the hound's mood shifted felicitous when their phones all beeped at once with the Twitter notification. <whistles> April 3rd, DTLA. Foursome for a quick nine hounds? On April 1st, one more tweet emerged before Mansoor's account was once again deactivated. <whistles> Tea time, 2145. 15808 Alvarado. Caddies will not be provided. Each hound had their own conspiracy theory on who Mansoor actually was. Some cited trends that he shared with other artists. Hostin put his money on Mansoor being the more outlandish persona of Thomas Stills, who also worked often with motors and kinetic sculptures. Williams was convinced he was Ladania Moncrief, claiming that they both released unannounced street installations in the same cities too often for them not to be connected. Cleveland even made the case that he was actually a group effort from some sort of workshop artistic syndicate. Bouton leaned toward this theory herself, although... She was certain that the leader of said syndicate was an unknown. One thing they could all agree on, Mansoor was probably not who any of them were expecting. When the hounds approached the address, security immediately whisked them past the queued horde and into the building. They made haste down a sparsely lit hallway until a bright light peeked around the final corner accompanied by the faint notes of generic elevator music. They were captivated by what appeared to be a car dealership showroom. 
The design was breathtakingly accurate as their eyes came upon the massive signage notifying the patrons of a special seasonal promotion, which Buton immediately noted was the kind of wordplay the artist Maladonna often used. Yet, what was most noticeable was that there were no cars in the showroom. Instead, Mansoor was displaying golf carts. One stood right at the entrance, proudly on its platform, but on four flat tires. In addition, each of the four seats was occupied by a child's car seat. The sign read, barely used, see senior associates for pricing. Hostine was quick to say that Mansoor was clearly playing with them, calling the hounds children, in fact. Along with the others, he now wondered if this would be a hostile meeting. True, most of his critic criticism had seemed tongue-in-cheek, but who could say for sure when it came to such an enigmatic figure? Another cart was surrounded by hand-crunched beer cans. It had been demolished, as if it had been shot into a steel wall at 100 miles per hour, then waxed and polished thereafter. The front axle was bent almost 90 degrees, and scattered bits of the roof gleamed around the leaking cans. The sign read, Only four crossed out. Three available at this price. Williams remarked that the crossed-out four was worrisome, and Cleveland added that perhaps they should stick to a bigger group in the off chance Mansoor tries something unconventional at their expense. Bhutan calmed the two and insisted they continue. Clearly he was just trying to scare them, or better yet test them, and see if they really wanted to see who he was, or if they were too cowardly to find the truth. For years, his spiel had been based upon the concept that critics were nothing more than artists who were too cowardly to put themselves on display. It was quite obvious he was being so aggressive in hopes of proving this axiom correct once and for all. So, the group continued to observe the pieces as the room began to rapidly fill up with more man fans, much to the hound's comfort, that is, until they began to swarm every free square foot. Obviously, security had been instructed to push the capacity limits, but the density quickly grew ridiculous. As each one scanned the crowd to find their prediction for the true identity of Mansoor, they came upon the next piece which stopped them dead in their tracks. In this cart sat a motionless figure with a gas mask filled with dark gray smoke. The mask was connected by a hose to the battery bay of the cart, as if the man had found a way to commit suicide with the implausible smoke coming from the power unit. As Hostine approached to decipher if this was an actor or a mannequin, Cleveland noted the sign, which read, Sorry, nothing's made to last. While the other three contemplated the cryptic phase, William screamed. The actor had slid off the carton onto the ground, breaking the hose and allowing the dark smoke and what resembled battery acid to spill freely. He continued to remain still on the ground as the hounds all received a notification from Monsoor's reactivated Twitter account. Anyone have a spare ball? They had been so enthralled with the installation-slash-puzzle that they hadn't even noticed the music had stopped, and the showroom was now empty of all spectators. Before anyone could say a word, the lights began to click off in sequence, leaving only the exit signs illuminated and a faint glow down a hallway across the showroom. Determined to stand strong in this imminent meeting, they quickly made their way toward the indication, and as they approached the turn, they began to hear the synthetic roar of battery engines. Bhutan jumped as she saw the screen that lay against the wall, displaying oncoming traffic from a busy freeway, packed with speeding golf carts. Cleveland shrieked when she turned to the screen on the other side and saw the mangled bodies of those struck by the carts. The others joined her in viewing the gory depictions as they soon realized the corpses were those of notable artists, 
In fact, many of the bodies were the same ones the hounds had guessed as the true identity of Mansoor. Perhaps for the first time since they had attended exhibits together, they had fallen completely silent. Continuing, they quickly came upon the end, which hosted a dimly lit room, also containing a large screen. This one simulated a serene golf course. In the center of the room, an empty tee dug into the turf, and off to its side stood a bag of clubs. After patiently waiting for an update, the hounds were at a loss. They searched up and down the room for another element, but found none. As they began to debate their foolishness and expecting Mansoor to actually show up, convinced this was all just a game at their expense, Williams approached the clubs and pulled one, searching for a clue. The nine iron held no information, and neither did the putter. However, when he grabbed the driver, birds began to sing, drawing all of their attention. The screen slowly faded in a title card that read, Take your shot. Williams made his way to the tee to see if that alone would draw out the artist. He sheepishly cleared his throat and said, Mansoor is Jensen Light. But there was no change. Hostine yelled, You're a group led by Katiana, the Seattle school. When nothing altered, Bouton bellowed, Show your face, you coward. With this, the title card faded. Almost immediately, it was replaced by one that read, You first. With such indignation, Bouton took the club from Williams and set her stance. She looked at the green ahead, then back at the empty tee. She took a breath, and right as she pulled the club into a backswing, a golf ball rolled from behind the screen, right to the sole of Cleveland's boot. She calmly picked it up, walked it over, and placed it on the tee with a smile as the title card faded and was replaced by one word. Surprise! That was Caddies Will Not Be Provided, written, produced, and performed by me, Josh Ramirez. Remember, you can read these on my Wattpad, and if you enjoy the content, please share with as many friends as possible. As always, thank you for listening.